0: Sometimes we struggle uh, with this quality we, we intend to have this in our life, but we struggle to have it uh, It's actually one of the greatest ways that we can show God's light in our life to, towards other people how they can see him And there are very few things that are more important than what i'm going to talk about in this message to God And in, in, in him seeing it in our lives as well And so today we're going to talk about the fact that the light reveals thankfulness in our lives and so if you wrap up presents, right, many of us do, maybe you wrap up a present for a kid and you decide, you're like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up a heart that says thankful and I'm going to put it inside of a present. And, and all of a sudden it comes to Christmas morning and, and your child opens up this amazing wrapped present with a bow and they pull this heart out. They are not going to be excited about this as a gift. Like I, they just, they're, they're going to look at it and be like, What? Like, what's, but I got you a thankful heart. (laughs) They're gonna say, keep your stupid heart. Like, I want something else. I mean, that's just reality Uh, for us and and, and who we are. It's just, man. And so thankfulness should be a part of our life. It should be a major part of our life. And it's absolutely part of this Christmas season. And so let me ask you are you a thankful person? Are you thankful for the things in your life? Are you grateful for the blessings? That God has put in your life like truly thankful are you thankful for your spouse for who they are and what they do and and how they serve and the thing and and, and just them as a person regardless if they did anything good like do you appreciate them as a person what about your family a lot of times we spend time with family during the holidays Thanksgiving and Christmas are you thankful that may you know that your family's probably coming over for Christmas Eve are you excited about that or are you like going, man, I can't wait for the 26th when, you know, when family goes home. Or you know, Are you thankful for your job? Gosh, in, in this year, you know, a lot of us have struggled financially and, and with jobs and income and contracts. And you know, certainly just across the nation, are you thankful for how the Lord has provided for you? And so like he provides, even in the times when we don't think we have any, there's things that we can be thankful for. And so to me, thankfulness should be like a canopy that covers every area of our life. And so it should come out just, in our, in, our, uh, just in, our, in our words, in our heart, in our life, in just every single area. So today in this message, I want to focus on three different principles of thankfulness. And the first one is that thankfulness is never invisible or silent. And so I'll talk to people about this, and, and they'll go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful but I just I have a hard time saying it. I, I struggle to, to communicate it. And so our heart or our intentions may be right in that. But if we don't express our thankfulness in some way, then nobody knows our intentions. Nobody knows what's going on in our mind. Nobody knows that, that we're thankful in our heart. Like It's got to be something that comes out. You know, just, there's lots of examples of this in our life where we just kind of breeze through and, and we have an opportunity to be thankful, but it just it doesn't come up all the time. We just kind of cruise through. One of, the, one of the great examples is a direct deposit for our paychecks. Uh, it's super convenient. Like, it's amazing. It's wonderful. Direct deposit. You probably have it at your work. You know, you link all the accounts. But here's the deal. You know, you, you don't get the paycheck... You don't get to cash it anymore. you don't get to to go to the bank and, and get cash like wouldn't it be awesome if we actually got a paycheck and we went to the bank and we got it in one dollar bills like you just you got your paycheck in one dollar bills and you know it, it may be a small stack, it may be a big stack. you might need a wheelbarrow. I don't know, but like wouldn't it you would just be like, man, look at this big wheelbarrow full of one dollar bills Like you would feel probably a little bit better, but now. We just, it's a direct deposit, so it just kind of happens, you are like, well, there goes my check, you know, there goes the the rent or the mortgage, and here's my tithe, and there goes the electric bill, and it just kind of breezes right through, doesn't it? And so I just, I think that thankfulness has got to be expressed in our lives. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in our heart. And so it's got to be said. It's got to be communicated in some way or some form. And so I, just, I feel like we can choose to be thankful, regardless of our circumstance and situation. So if we don't choose to be thankful, I feel like we are naturally going to default to ungratefulness. Because we're selfish, I mean, let's be honest. We want to get what we want in the time that that we think that we deserve it. And so what happens is we can develop this ungratefulness in our heart. So if we aren't choosing to be thankful and expressing it, we're going to default to ungratefulness. And that's a big turnoff. You've met people that are ungrateful, and they're no fun to hang out with. I hope that you're not one of those people. One of the things that my wife and I teach our sons is about acting spoiled. So here's, here's, what, here's what we teach them. I tell them, like, look, you can be spoiled. You absolutely can be spoiled with love in our home, with possessions, with money, with a great job, with wealth. Like, you can be spoiled with that. But you don't, you don't have to act spoiled as a result of being, having those blessings in our life. In fact, when we meet somebody that acts spoiled and ungrateful, we, we usually don't want to spend a lot of time with them do we? We, we? we don't want to, to draw them in as our friend. I mean, but when we meet somebody that maybe just you look at their life and you're like, wow, they've got it pretty good. And they're humble. It's refreshing, isn't it? Like th- maybe they drive a nice car, or they have a good job, or they own their own business. And, and they can take a couple weeks off during Christmas break and New Year's or go on a vacation. And, like, right? and, and so they can do some of those things. And they're humble about it. I met a guy one time uh, it was an older gentleman. I met him, and and you know he had a flannel shirt on and, and some jeans and just some you know regular shoes. And I got talking to him like, hey man, what's your story? Where are you from? What's the deal? And he's like, well you know I'm I'm retired. And I was like, okay. And it was a little, he seemed a little young for that. But what what had happened was he retired because he inherited an apple farm up north. And I was talking to this guy, and, and I'm going like. Okay, I'm starting to put two and two together. This dude was so kind, so chill, so humble about it. But he, like, he was a multimillionaire. Like, I'm, I'm not talking seven figures. I'm talking like eight plus figures. And, and you would never know it. You would never know it. Flannel shirt, jeans, and regular... Like, I was like, drove a, you know, a truck that wasn't brand new. I'm going, wow. And just his attitude. He was so thankful and so grateful. And so here's what I want to say. Be that person. We love to hang out with grateful people and that th- express thankfulness. And so I'm telling you, be that person. You know, especially now, more than ever before. And so over these last several weeks, we've talked about our circle of five. I hope that you've identified your circle of five and that you're praying for them and you're talking to them. Because now more than ever before, we can express our thankfulness for the things that the Lord has put in our life to those other people. So, like this is the this is the week. I mean, have you invited them to the Christmas Eve service? Have you talked to them about you know, the, the true meaning of Christmas and, how, and why it's important to you? So your circle of five, who, who are they? Are they at work? Are they at home or family, your neighbor? And so if we really, really understood thankfulness and what God has done for us, I mean, literally, God sends his son for us so that we can be forgiven, so all the guilt, all the shame can be eradicated from our life. And he protects us from the, some things, and, and, he, and he restores us. And I mean, if we recognized truly the, the magnitude of all that God has done for us through his son, I think we would show it. I think we would worship. I think we would honor him. I think we would appreciate it. And so I just, I think it would look differently in our life if we were actually thankful for Jesus coming to earth. And I think we would just show a little bit more appreciation, you know, for God to give his son. Like our thankfulness should not be silent or invisible. I think that's really important in our life. The second thing I want to share is that thankfulness sustains joy and blessing. And this comes from Psalm 106, verse 1. It says, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithfulness endures forever. So it's really important to remain thankful. I think it's great if we have it. You know, in certain times, but usually we have it when when we get blessed with something or we give something away. What if we were able to carry this throughout our entire lives, every single moment of every day, where literally we took on a thankful heart? And so, a lot of us we get blessed, and it's wonderful, but we we have it in that moment, and it just kind of fades. So, what if we allow just the joy of thankfulness to sustain in our lives? You know, a, a fantastic example of this is a keyboard or a piano. You know, I don't know if you've played the piano or keyboard or whatever, but, you know, it always has those pedals underneath. Nobody, nobody watches the pedals. Everybody's looking at, at the pianist and, and, them, and them, you know, playing the, the, the chords and, and the keys. And, and so that's what we watch. But here's the deal. When, when a pianist is, puts on that sustain pedal, what happens is they can play a note and push that pedal, and they can let go, and the sustain will carry that chord. It'll just carry and carry and carry it. And so that's exactly what can happen in our lives. Our thankfulness can be like a sustain pedal where literally God does something awesome and amazing. And we can carry that through our attitude, our thoughts, the way that we treat other people. And I, just, I feel like thankfulness can be extended into every single area of our lives. And the thing that's awesome is if you're thankful, you probably are joyful too. Like there's probably a lot of gratitude in your heart. Probably, you know, just this inner joy that you come because you're grateful. You see what what God has done. You see your life and you're thankful. And and the thing about it is, is we, we can have that. And I absolutely believe that thankfulness is a choice. And I believe that the opposite is a choice as well. I think there's times when we can choose to be Ungrateful. If something happens and it doesn't really meet our standard, why are we upset about it? Why are we ungrateful? Maybe somebody gives us a gift or something doesn't work out or a contract. Somebody breaks their, their promise to us and we're ungrateful. We're upset. Usually, ungrateful people are harboring some type of resentment in their life. And so I need you to look at your life right now. If, you, if, if I'm talking about thankfulness and I'm talking about joy and that you can choose it, if you don't feel like you have that, I would ask, what is it that you're harboring in your heart and your life right now? I mean, maybe you got offended by somebody along the way and that's what you're dragging along. Maybe there's just something lingering in your heart, some bitterness or something, and, and you feel it. So when something good happens, you're, you're, you're grateful in the moment, but then it kind of passes away. You're not able to sustain it. There might just be some ungratefulness, some offense in your heart that you're allowing to stay. In Romans chapter 12, verse 17, it says, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And so thankfulness literally can be in our lives. And we can be thankful repeatedly. Uh, Just we can have that played over and over and over in our mind, in our heart. Let me give you just a simple example. I can think of something from seven years ago, a, a great memory, something that happened in my life, and be thankful for that. And you know what? I have that same emotion. I remember it from seven years ago, from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I can remember when it happened in my life, and that joy rises back up inside of me, and so I just, I feel like we can have that in, 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 in our lives. And so thankfulness is not invisible, okay? And it, it should be expressed, and it, and it can sustain joy and blessing in our life. And so I hope that you get that. Those, to me, are, are great, very practical principles that we can have. And this third one I want to share with you is deep. It's going to get you. I hope and maybe a little bit. And it's the third one. It's thankfulness begins where our sense of entitlement ends, and so this one should rock your socks off. This is the one that you take the screenshot of and go, all right, God, I need to be praying about this one You know, over the course of this week. This is Christmas week. I, like, wh- where, where is it? Am I, do I feel a sense of entitlement? And so thankfulness begins where our sense of entitlement ends. And I want to share very directly that I feel that in our nation, in our American culture, that entitlement has become very dangerous and can permeate every single area of our lives. I'll share one of mine, and it's, it's simple. I've, I've got a lot of it, and I really have to be aware of this in my life. But one of the things that I don't like to do is I don't like to pay fees. I don't like to pay unnecessary fees if I don't have to do it. So uh, recently I had set up a checking account. And, and they said, well, you know, if, if your checking account doesn't have a certain balance, you're going to have a fee. I was like, no, I'm not. You know, because in this day and age, we all have what? We have free checking accounts, right? And so all of a sudden, they go, well, there's going to be a fee. And literally, inside of me, I could feel this entitlement. I deserve to have a free checking account why because there's other banks that do it and i should have it i've had one before why would you ever charge me a fee and, and you know i i got what i wanted and because i pouted and stuff and uh, but man where in your life do you have entitlement where are you not thankful like let's say maybe your spouse does the dishes for seven days in a row and then on the eighth day they don't do them are you thinking well why didn't they do them today is that the thought that crosses your mind you know, and so that's entitlement. Maybe, maybe your employer, maybe you recently moved here to Melbourne, and, and your employer didn't pay your, your moving expenses, and you're upset about that. Why? Because in this day and age, everybody's supposed to get moving expenses. and It's like, well, why do we feel like we're entitled with that? You know, what if, what if just God put those things in our life, and we can be appreciative, and, and we should be thankful for everything, that God puts in our life and not feel the sense of entitlement. And so what happens is I was thinking about this because I really think that this is dangerous and, and it's permeated our culture. And so to me, it's, it's, it's kind of like a four-step process. And so what happens is when, when, when we saw something as a blessing, at one point in time, when you had your free checking account, when they first came up with that, you're like, wow, That's sweet. Are you, so I don't have to pay a fee to have a checking. At one point in time, something was a blessing. But now the second step is it's become an expectation. Well, I had it, and I was, I was thankful when it first happened, but then it happened multiple times in a row, and so now I'm kind of expecting it. You know, I, I expect to get a Christmas bonus every year because my employer gave it for the last three years, and I'm, this is my fourth year there. So now the fourth year, they, they b- better... Give me a Christmas bonus because it's the fourth year in a row. So something that was a blessing that now becomes an expectation. And then what happens is that causes us to lose our sense of gratitude. Because of the expectation, we lose our sense of thankfulness in our hearts and in our life. And what happens is then the fourth thing is because of that, because we've lost the thankfulness, we now have developed an attitude of entitlement in that particular area. And so I need you to look at your life right now. What was once a blessing that all of a sudden became an expectation, and now it's robbed you of the thankfulness in your life, and you feel entitled. You feel like you deserve it. I should get that. That's entitlement, and that's what comes in our life. And so we know when we're thankful or not. We know when we have an attitude of gratitude. I mean, that come in our life, that entitlement. We We can feel it in our life, and so... We feel that come in our life, that entitlement when we think other people owe us something, we deserve it. And so when when somebody does something for you, do you feel like you deserve it? When somebody doesn't do something, are you upset about it? Maybe it's your family. You know, maybe your family has let you down before and you struggle with that and you're like, man, they should really follow through. Maybe it's one of your friends. You have entitlement with your friends in a particular thing that they that they should be doing. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe you feel like your boss should step up their game for you. Maybe it's God. You feel like God owes you because of who you are or what you've done or how much you've given or how you've served or, like, God, I'm entitled to this. And so we have to be really, really careful. When our expectations are not met, what is the result? What is the response that we see in our life? Are you disappointed? Because here's the deal, like, forget about being thankful like we're the opposite if we don't get what we deserve what we think we deserve or we're entitled man we are ungrateful regardless of what's going on we just we feel like we should and some people will even take a good situation and if something didn't meet the standard that they were looking for they now take that good situation where somebody else would be thankful and grateful and they're upset they're bothered because of the level of ungratefulness that's inside their heart. And man, I, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. I realize, you know, in our church, there's some, some people that aren't yet following Christ or watching online and, and you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus yet. We're so glad that you're here. We do hope at some point in time, you know, that changes for you. But man, even if you're not a Christian, this is a big deal, uh, right? It, it just is a big deal and we all see it. And so you have to be careful how you've let entitlement. Dictate your thoughts and emotions in your life towards other people. And so gratitude, honestly, isn't really even about our current situation. It's not. I just I feel like gratitude is something that we can choose to see and have in our life, regardless of our circumstance. And if you are a Christ follower, I'm going to go even a level deeper for you. And this, this should challenge you in a, in a very significant way. And it's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. This is what he says. He says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire, test pure gold. And though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring Much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And so even when things aren't going our way, we can choose to show and express thankfulness. We can still be thankful. And so your situation doesn't have to improve in order for you to take an attitude of gratitude in your life. Let that settle in for a moment. Your situation If it's it's bad or you're struggling, your situation does not have to improve in order for you to change your perspective on it and decide that you're going to be thankful. And so thankfulness thankfulness begins when our sense of entitlement ends. That's huge. Like, that's big. I hope that that just gets you. And so I I, want to ask you, where in your life right now do you have a sense of entitlement? And usually, it's associated to some type of expectation that we put on our kids, our spouse, our boss, our family, some type of on God. Where are you expecting something? And that's entitlement. And we have to recognize that it's a big deal. And so, as as I wrap up, you know, this message on thankfulness. You know, one of the things that is uh, just should we should be extremely thankful for. Is is the fact that Jesus not only came and lived a perfect life? You know, we love to celebrate the birth of Jesus and exchange gifts and you know have decorations and and wear awesome tacky Christmas sweaters and stuff and we love to do that. It's it's a lot of fun, but we really truly should be extremely grateful for not only Him coming but also the fact that Jesus came for us and He laid His life down. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice, lives a perfect life. Dies a sinner's death. You know, the crucifixion was, was the Roman form of capital punishment. And, and Jesus literally does nothing wrong. And yet, dies on a cross. And, and can you imagine, like, being his friends and family and his disciples and, and, and going, Oh my, like, what in the world is happening? What, what's going to happen And then he's buried. And and like, can you imagine just the sorrow and the sadness and where they're going, we thought you were the Messiah, we thought you were the one. Like, why are you dead? Like, what how could you let them do this to you? You were going to restore Israel. That's what they thought. And Jesus is going, No, 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 no. You're focused on on our one nation. But what I'm coming to do is, is for the entire world. My kingdom is not just of of this one spot, but my kingdom extends far beyond that. And so Jesus lays his life down, dies, is buried three days, and then rises again. Shows his power and authority over sin and death. And so this is so significant for us where we can be thankful for that. That should change our lives. You know, we get salvation. We get him in our lives. We get eternal life. We get the forgiveness of our sins. We can live through the power of the Holy Spirit now because of what Jesus did. And showing his power over sin and death. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to take communion together. And so if you're here in the auditorium, if you don't yet have your communion elements, if you want to slip your hand up, our usher would be happy to serve you. And just so you know, here at Grace Church, if, you're, if you want to take communion with us, whether you're in the auditorium or watching on, on, online, we just would ask that you would be a believer, that you would be one that follows Jesus. You believe that Christ is the Lord, that he's God's son. And we welcome you to partake communion with us. It's so powerful. It's so significant. And so, you know, if you're at home or you're, you're watching online, you know, hopefully you have maybe a cracker or some bread or something, some juice or even just some water. I mean, Jesus can turn water into wine. Like, I mean, who knows? But I want to share with you this, this powerful verse. Uh, it's actually a group of verses talking about communion in, and the importance of it. And then we'll take communion together. This is First Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, where Paul teaches on communion. He says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. When he broke it into pieces, he said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's do that together. Let's take out the wafer. Let's take out the, the, the bread wherever you are. Right, so let's, let's do that. And I want to pray right now and just pray a blessing over these elements. And so Lord God, we come before you. Father, we thank you so much for these and the importance of it. We honor you, we bless you. Thank you for us being able to commune with you and relate with you, Jesus. We, we adore you. Thank you for laying your life down. Thank you for bleeding for us so that we could have forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. We are so grateful and appreciative. And so... Take and eat Christ's body that was given for you. In the same way, the verses continue. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people. An an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Take and drink Christ's blood. For the forgiveness of your sins.